All right, here we go. It is a Thursday, January 6th. Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. It is Jason Martinez. Let me tell you about Parks and Sportsbook. Lots of great action to get in on. You've got pro hoops. You've got college hoops. You've got NHL. You've got pro football. you still got college football. So much to bet on and so many different ways to do it. Do it with the great people at Park Sportsbook. So easy to use. And just for signing up, you're going to get a $500 risk-free bet. So make sure you go to your iOS app store. Download the app on iOS or Android, or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. Get all the info there. Sign up for an account, and again, get that first bet risk-free up to $500. These guys are local. That's why we trust them. They're good. They did The app is great to use, easy to use, and you'll be able to get action in on same-game parlays, on first to score, you know, players to score, rushing yards, touchdowns, baskets, whatever you want with individual player performances as well. So make sure you check out the Park Sportsbook app. Again, go to the Parks, uh, uh, fill it up, parkscasino.com slash PA and get all the info there. And give them a follow on their social media channels, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You'll get great daily specials there. You'll also get great content and tons of it. You know, the, Mike Quick is on there with Rich Gannon, and you've got Natalie and Sam and everybody it's great content and great daily specials as well. So make sure you get the Parks Sportsbook app. Now, coming up in this episode, we're going to get to Tone's Takes. He had a really good week last week with his picks. We'll get to Tone's Takes coming up in the second part of the, the, the show today. And in the first part, we'll talk with Brian Metzer, who is the radio host for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Before we get to that, though, the Flyers and the Penguins tonight. Flyers are without a ton of players. Two more players added to COVID protocol yesterday. That was Travis Sanheim and Travis Konechny. They each went into COVID protocol. So here's the players that are in protocol for the Flyers now. Konechny, Sanheim, Giroux, Provorov, Jackson Cates, and Nick Sealer. Injured for the Flyers, Sean Couturier, Ryan Ellis, Derek Broussard, and Nate Thompson. I mean, all the guys that aren't available tonight almost make a pretty good hockey team. <laughs> it's just insane. I don't know what the tipping point is for the NHL to make the decision to go okay, we're pushing forward and we're playing games too. Okay, that's too many guys out now on COVID protocol, so we'll postpone the game. I don't know what that is. Nobody knows. It's not written anywhere that we've uh, seen in any of the return-to-play protocols or anything, uh, but the Flyers are going to be severely shorthanded tonight. Now, the Penguins, look, they they were severely shorthanded earlier in the season. They had to plow through it as well. They didn't have Crosby and Malkin, and Malkin's still out. He won't be in the game tonight. So, Every team is dealing with it, but when you get to this kind of number with that many players uh, not being available, it's tough. And, you know, Carter Hart was very, very critical of the NHL testing policy the other night, saying that it's a joke. You know, players are unavailable to play and going into protocol and with zero symptoms. And why are we even being tested? The NHL needs to change its testing policy. I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon because you're dealing with the Canadian government and the United States government. And you cannot give, a, you know, one set of teams south of the border in, in the U.S. an advantage that the teams north of the border don't get. So I don't know what the answer is to it, but that's a lot of players out tonight. I mean, some really important players. I know Konechny hasn't scored in 17 games, but he drives a lot of offense. Sanheim is a second-parent defenseman. Giroux has been your best forward. Ivan Provorov. Is is your one of your top pairing defenders? I know he's not having a great year, 
But when you lose those guys and then you have to go to a backup or, you know, next man up, yeah, that's fun to say next man up. Oh, that's great. Next man up is not the man, you know, it's his turn, but he's only getting that because the player is unavailable in COVID protocol or injury. So this is a tough spot for the Flyers, but they're going to have to plow through it tonight. To talk about that game and much more from the Pittsburgh Radio Network, he is the host. It is Brian Metzer joins us on Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. What's going on, Brian? How you doing? I'm good. It's great to finally catch up with you. Thanks for having me on your program. I know we've interacted on Twitter a bit over the, the last year or so since we crossed paths, but uh, it's I'm excited for this chance to catch up with you. So you're basically the me in Pittsburgh, like, so, so what, what exactly is the job that you do? So the listeners know what you, what, you know, what you would do kind of day to day. with Yeah. The um, I do all of the intermission reports for the game broadcast on the Penguins radio network. And I handle the post game show with Paul Steigerwald. We also do a Saturday morning show in Pittsburgh on our local affiliate one Oh five, nine, the X, which I believe is picked up by most of our affiliate stations as well. That's at 9. AM on Saturday mornings. And that's kind of like a weekly recap show of the week that was in penguins hockey and we do like a recap in the first part of the show and then cover news notes maybe have a guest that kind of thing as we move through the program so i've um, been doing that for the most part since probably 2015 2016 but i was working for the penguins radio network and some other capacities as far back as 2012 and i've covered the team in general since 2006 so uh, I've been able to cover the entirety of Sidney Crosby and of Genny Malkin here, minus Sid's first season. I wasn't covering the team yet, but I've been around for years, as you said, and I've worked for um, NHL.com, Beaver County Times, Versus.com when that was whenever that was in effect. Years ago, I did some writing for Hockey Buzz. Uh, that was one of my first things that I was able to do back in the early, early days of my my tenure covering the National Hockey League. And I'm still a Pittsburgh affiliate for um, they have me on to talk pens on uh, XM radio a lot with NHL network radio. So yeah. been able to be a part of that since day one uh, with all the different hosts over there. And um, I would say I'm most often talking with Boomer Gordon in the afternoons whenever I'm on. Yeah. Jim's a real good guy on uh, Sirius XM. Uh, let me ask you this because, you know, in Philadelphia and around the national hockey league, there's this, this kind of narrative like, okay, here's the year where Pittsburgh's going to drop off. You know, they got to rebuild, they got to retool, they're getting old. And, you know, Malkin's not available for the first part of the season. Sid was out, the whole thing. But now I see a team that's rattled off nine straight wins. They're 14-2-1 and one in their last 17. So, you know, any any thoughts of their demise are greatly exaggerated right now. How good are they playing? Well, it's it's funny because I feel like over the last handful of years that that's been the narrative. The, the Penguins are done. This is you know their last hurrah is, is over. They they're aging out. They can't find a way. And and scary to think that was being said before the sixteen and seventeen runs. Whenever they did that, um, and it was kind of a crazy turn of events that they went on to win two Stanley Cups, and then that changed the thinking. But now they've only won one playoff series in like their last. 11 or something like that ridiculous it's been a really ugly turn of events in terms of playoff success so people are starting to talk that way again but to your point they just find ways to plug and play new players all the time and i think a lot of that has to do with mike sullivan's leadership he has done a tremendous job over the years of offsetting injuries be it significant ones to his big guys lesser ones to middle tier players doesn't matter if it was COVID now or what it what it has come down the pike. They've just find a, they've been finding ways to win hockey games, 
And they made coming into this year, they made a couple of really under the radar free agent acquisitions that have paid off in uh, huge dev- dividends. The first of which uh, would have been Danton Hine in the way he came in this year and played at such a high level. He's been up and down in terms of his productivity, but he still has nine points in his last 17 games. Um, McGinn came on from Carolina, has been everything they hoped. He's offset the loss of a guy like Brandon Tanev who left after last season in the expansion draft. But we can't give superlatives without mentioning Evan Rodriguez. This is a guy that has been in and out of town a couple of different times, but he's come on right now. He's a point of game player over this last 17 game stretch seems to get on the board every single night. And the reason I'm, I'm looking at this uh, span of uh, 11, 18, 21 to today is because right around the 18th of November is when the penguins got through a little bit of a rough stretch. They played a pretty effective game against the Buffalo Sabres in which they lost. I think it was two to one, uh, but they played a, a great third period. And from then on, they have been rolling. They had a little bit of a winning streak, dropped a couple, and now have reeled off nine straight. So they they are, are just playing solid hockey in all facets of their game. They attack with speed. They forecheck like crazy. They have good goaltending. I mean, Tristan Jari has been a revelation this year. No one really anticipated that sort of bounce back after the way things ended for them last year. But when you put that all together with the star power that they're still able to uh, to boast, Sidney Crosby over the span I just mentioned has 21 points in those 17 games. So this is a team that seems to be clicking on all cylinders, just getting healthier, still don't have Jeff Carter, still don't have Evgeny Malkin. So who knows where they could still go beyond where they are right now. But not to get too long-winded on you, they have just found a way to, to do everything fairly well, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. When they do, they clean them up quickly, and they don't let them snowball, and they've just been able to be successful because of all those things I mentioned. Yeah, and the thing is, is you know, they do play with a lot of discipline, a lot of structure. So when guys are out of the lineup, it mitigates the damage that can be done. What is the latest on Malkin? Because I, I talked to Frank Saravalli a little while back, and he said, this was back in October, he said, I'm hearing not until after the new year. At that time, that was kind of breaking news. What is the yeah. latest on Malkin? Um, and the crazy thing is some of us were hoping he might get back right ahead of the holiday break. Well, then they didn't play a lot uh, in those two weeks over Christmas and New Year's. So that gave him even more time to get himself ready to go. I will say he has been practicing hard um, with the group. He's been going through every, I just got his, I think he just got back to contact about a week or so ago. Uh, and has looked very good in doing so. He commented that his knee feels 200 times better than it did even last year before he was injured. And he he thinks he can play for a number of more seasons. And I, I fully anticipate he's not going to play against the Flyers today, but we think that he will be back in the mix as soon as Saturday when they go into Dallas for a game against the Stars. That's something that we have kind of kind of circled on our calendars as a game that he might make his season debut. And then, of course, you just wonder exactly what the line combos will be because they've had so many different guys thrive in the center role this year. Jeff Carter's on the scene. Now Rodriguez has played center and wing drew O'Connor has done some playing at the center position. Bluger obviously has risen to that occasion as well as being a very solid center for them. So they have, if nothing else, they have options, but I, I think there's a chance that we will see Gino as soon as Saturday. And if not, then, maybe one of those first games on their Western road trip, whenever they take off to those uh, starting on Tuesday night. 
it'll be interesting if the the team's riding a nine game win streak right now and to throw you know Malkin <laughs> back into the mix. It's almost weird. It's an almost a no win situation for the player, right? He comes in if they lose a game, it's like oh see he's back now we lose. Why'd you even put him in? Yep. If he comes back and they keep motoring, oh if they're just a better team, it's like you know there's no no way to win, to win with that. How you know I know uh, you mentioned Carter, Jeff Carter uh, is out. He had the COVID situation. So did Kasperi Kapanen. What's the latest on those two for the availability tonight? Well, Kapanen just made his return. Uh, he was in the lineup last night. St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, and um, the bad thing is, and you, you guys probably have noticed this from afar, he doesn't look like the player he was even last year for the Penguins. He, he's been yeah. very nondescript. Um, he, Yeah, he's putting up some points, but he's not scoring goals the way they anticipated. Doesn't go the net as much as they want him to. And this is going to sound like the the probably most mean thing I could say. When he was out for his bout with COVID, you, you almost didn't even miss him in the lineup because they have so much depth right now of younger guys that could step in and do the things that he does if he's not scoring. So they've had that that availability from some others. So I'll be curious to see how things shake out with him moving through the rest of this season. Is he a trade chip for them? Who knows? But he he will be in the lineup tonight unless something happens between our chat and the time that they take the ice against the Flyers. But uh, so he's he's back in the saddle. As far as Carter, there's probably a chance of him being in the lineup whenever they, they face off against the Flyers. But he didn't play last night. The fact that it's back to back, I don't know that they'll throw him out there. They may wait till Saturday for him as well. He's only skated for a day or two and they weren't going to skate on um, today. So it was a spot where they're not even having availability of the coach until 5 PM. So we won't even know the lineup officially until then, if people are getting right back in. So um, it's interesting though, because you have Carter very close. Gino gets back and it's funny. You make the, made the point about, upsetting the apple cart in a way in terms of this winning streak. There are talking heads here in our city that have made that point loud and clear that, well, when some of these guys get back, especially Evgeny Malkin, that's going to bust the system and that's going to disrupt everything that they've done to this point. And it just blows my mind because it's the same people that complained about Gino not being counted in the top 100 players in NHL history a couple years ago, but yet you're going to talk about him ruining what you're doing right now with your team. And and we get it. It's because he goes out and improvises a little bit from time to time, plays a little bit too much East West hockey, whenever Mike Sullivan's trying to go North South. But that said, it's still Evgeny Malkin. It's still an Art Ross guy. It's still a Hart Trophy guy. It's still a Calder, I mean, a, a Consmite Trophy guy. So I, I don't know. I, I never have an issue with one of the, the greatest Russians in NHL history to make a return to the lineup. Yeah, and he's, he's headed to the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. Let's look, let's look at the goaltending for tonight, because in the Blues game, we saw both. We saw Casey DeSmith. We saw Tristan Jari. Who do you expect to get the start tonight? I, I'm pretty certain it'll end up being Jari at this point, just based on the fact that for whatever reason, it just looks like Casey DeSmith isn't feeling good about his game right now. He, yeah. he had a little bit of a, a span where he turned in a couple really quality starts, but then he dipped again. He let up some goals against the Sharks a couple games ago. Didn't look good on the three he let up to the Blues uh, last night. And I think the fact that Jari did get in and was really solid on the 13 shots that he faced, I think that's who will end up being in net whenever uh, the Pens face the Flyers tonight. And he has been the guy. I mean, he's played 25 of the games this season. DeSmith just eight. Uh, and I, I know there's some of us beginning to wonder if the Penguins – take a chance on bringing Louis Domingue up to be the backup goaltender to, to supplement Jari when needed, because 
uh, the, the prevailing sentiment is you can't lose every time your backup goaltender goes out and plays a game for you. And I'm not saying that does happen, but Casey is only three, three and one this season, eight eighty eight save percentage with a 3.47 goals against average. And that's, that's unlike him too. I mean, I, I think we all saw the way he had played in the past where he could come in cold. He could, you know, shut a team down, potentially give you a shutout if need be, uh, especially if he was playing a lesser opponent like your backup sometimes does. I mean, he went out and had a shutout sequence against the Buffalo Sabres a year or so ago that spanned essentially two and a half games. I mean, they weren't they weren't able to score on him, but I, I would I would not be shocked to see Jari just come right back in. They, they didn't want to have to use him against the Blues. Yeah. And the fact that they did tells you where the thinking would be on getting him back out there tonight. Yeah, you'd never want to put in a back to back. You do not want to pull your goaltender. You just don't want to do it because you you want yeah. him to come in on the full rest. Now he's got a half a game on him, and the other guy's got a half a game and low confidence because he got pulled. So you almost have to go to the guy with the hot hand. We saw the Flyers do the same thing earlier this year uh, when they were in the same situation. They pulled uh, Carter Hart out of that game against. Uh, I mean, it was actually when Elaine Vigneault got fired uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then. They came back and had to take on Colorado. No easy task there either. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. Um, let's talk about, you know, the playoffs for this team. And you mentioned Jari and, you know, big a lot of people, you know, pin the blame squarely on the pads of Jari last year in the playoffs. And there was a lot of conversation in the offseason, Brian, about, hey, the Penguins got to go out and get a goalie. They should have went out and got Freddie Anderson. We Now he's performing down in Carolina. They should have grabbed the Hopi or somebody with more experience. But Jari's come back this year, played really well. But I guess the, those ghosts that he's dealing with don't yeah. get slayed until playoff time to see if he can handle that pressure again. No, you're exactly right. And and I think that the questions will loom until he proves that he can go out and do it in the playoffs. And the thing is, I, I don't want to excoriate him too much for his playoff performance. He's played seven total playoff games in his career. And it seems like he's been around for a long time. But he's only gotten the chance to, and all those essentially came last year in that debacle. I mean, that's what we—the only thing we can call it uh, for him against the Islanders. And none of us will forget the the turnover and the overtime situation yeah. that cost the Penguins. They were in a spot where they were pretty well outplaying the Islanders and just could not get the saves when they needed them. And on the other end, Sorokin came in and was unbelievable. I mean, he after he he spelled Varlamov in that series, Jari just could not outduel him. And it was very evident. So uh, that was a problem. But as I said, just seven games. His first game in the playoffs, though, came in that um, the play-in series against the Montreal Canadiens two years ago or two seasons ago. And he was really good in that one. He only allowed one goal, but it was enough to to end the game <laughs> for, for the Penguins, who just couldn't score on Carey Price that year. So I think that this year he's proven that he could he, he's developing into one of these workhorse, workhorse goaltenders that you can lean on, that you can put out there. You know, I, I don't want him to have to play 65 games. Unfortunately, their situation looks like that's what it may end up being right now, unless they do something about their backup goaltending situation. But the the question still will be there until he goes out and turns in a good performance in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I do want to credit Andy Kyoto, who the Penguins hired as the goaltending coach here. He's had a really good impact on Tristan Jari. He seemingly worked on his psyche and his mental status in the net. Um, he worked really hard to tell him to, I like to use this old Clint Hurdleism whenever he was the Pirates manager, where he used to say shower well after losses and all this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what he told him in terms of letting up a bad goal. You know, the puck has no memory. 
get back out there, you know, wherever your feet are is where you are in that moment, make the next save. And it seems as if that's worked pretty effectively for Tristan Jari, who has been among the league leaders this season with the way he's performed. And it's been really impressive to see him answer that way because you mentioned it early. People wanted to run him out of town in favor of one of the UFAs. Um, and still people were calling for Marc-Andre Fleury to come back. And we saw he could have been had for a wing and a prayer. I mean, Chicago got him essentially for the price of his contract, which um, was intriguing to a lot of people here. I know the Penguins had cap implications that would have made that more difficult, but there probably could have been something that could have happened. Well, we have come to find out that Ron Hextall contacted Tristan Jari in the offseason and said, you're our guy. We want to come into the season with you. Give him another chance. He's spoken a whole lot about him being a, uh, you know, wasn't that great in his first couple playoff runs. And whenever he got a chance on the big stage at first, it took him a little bit to round into form. He mentioned Jonathan Quick's early woes whenever he got the first opportunities and you saw what he ended up doing. So is Tristan Jari those situations? Maybe not. But so far through the regular season, he looks like a guy that is really, really doing a, a fine job of, of showering well and, and posting that sub two goals against in a 934 save percentage with uh, three shutouts on the season. Shit. I mean, Hexy in his first playoff run won a con Smythe as a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's not a great example, but he was trying yeah. to make the kid feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, and quick quick was a really good example that he tried to parade out for him, though. Yeah. No, I, and, you know, having a goalie as your, as your GM is something that can really help a goaltender and because Ron knows, you know, the ups and downs mentally of the position and how a goalie goes into an off season when there's, whether it's fair or not, the perception that you lost the playoff series for yep. the team, it's just the way it is. And, you know, a goalie knows when he doesn't hold up his end of the bargain. I mean, he basically walks in the room after a game and says, I didn't give you guys a chance. I didn't get you enough saves tonight. And sometimes you don't have to verbalize it. They can see it written on your face. They know it, you know it, you can't hide as a goalie. It's what makes the position great. How's it been working uh, out there with, with Hexy taking over and, and uh, Brian Burke? Because uh, two very different personalities with those <laughs> two guys, to say the least. And uh, how's it's it been with those guys running, running, running the shop? Yeah, it's it's been great. Um, it seems as if Brian Burke is the guy that does a lot of the old Jim Rutherford stuff of mm -hmm. getting himself out there and doing like the Sportsnet interviews and being the, the focal point for that kind of thing, while Ron Hextall is just studious and going about his business behind the scenes and, uh, you know, kind of working all the levers, so to speak, like the the Wizard of Oz. Um, and I think it's been a pretty good working dynamic. And, and that was the speculation here was how would that work with the Penguins management dealing with the, G the general manager? And when I say that, I mean like David Morehouse's involvement with – the hockey ops side of things. And yeah. it seemed as if that was something that may have ruffled feathers with Ray Shiro and Jim Rutherford by the ends of their tenures in Pittsburgh. And I think that's probably why Brian Burke also came in as the president of hockey ops, because there's that little bit of a buffer between the, the president of the organization and the CEO of the organization and the general manager. So Ron Hextall doesn't have to necessarily have those day-to-day -day conversations in, in the same way. And Berkey can offset that. But to, to your point, which, which is funny, is they are such contrasting personalities. No. You know, Ron Hextall's kind of low-key. and Which is funny because the way he played was not low-key at all. He, at all. He, he, was, yep. he was right in your face. But he is a, a very low-key guy. The only thing that I'm disappointed about with them coming on board is that they started in the middle of the COVID world. Because yeah. our interactions with them have been much lesser than they might have been in normal circumstance. But I've also 
enjoyed watching the the local beat reporters transition a little bit because they were so used to picking up the phone and texting Jim Rutherford or calling Jim Rutherford for a quote, a comment, asking him about a rumor. You can't do that with Ron Hextall. You, no. you don't have that open door. He, he meets with the media, but it's, it's scheduled. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are these moments where, okay, the GM's going to talk. Berkey's going to talk. You don't have that option to just call the general manager the way that they did before. And I, I smile a little because it makes these guys kind of work for their breadcrumbs a little bit more than they had to do over the last couple of years. Because Jim Rutherford would pretty much tell you, I'm working on acquiring player X and I'm probably going to trade this guy for him. <laughs> you he, can write he, it if you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, I mean, he, Rutherford basically made a trade every four hockey days. It, that was like the number broke because nobody made more moves than he did. Yes. And, it, and Hex is a these patient man. <laughs> yes. that That's also an understatement. He is very patient. Uh, it was interesting. He's essentially made two trades, you know what I mean? Since he's come on board, there's been a couple yeah. other little moves, but last year getting Jeff Carter, which kudos to the fact that he was here. I'm not sure the Penguins get Jeff Carter, if not for Ron Hextall's involvement with the team, because he was kind of content hanging out in LA and looks like an invigorated player. He looks like a younger version of himself since he got here. I'm I'm not sure if you guys noticed that, but then the deal that Hextall just pulled off bringing in Nylander for, uh, for Sam Lafferty yesterday. And I still think that was more to bolster the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. So it's not even an impactful deal for the NHL level at this moment, but it's, it really speaks to his patience and in, in pure contrast to what Jim Rutherford had done in the past. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, it's the Flyers and Penguins tonight, Brian. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks as always. Uh, stay safe out there in Pittsburgh and uh, we'll talk again soon, man. Thanks for doing it. No problem at all, Jason. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we finally got to catch up and do this. I had a blast. Let's do it again soon. Thanks to Brian Metzer for dropping by and joining us here on Stick to Hockey Live and uh, does kind of kind of the same job that I do out. He does it out there that I do here, although um, we started way back in, God, I think, 2006. Ew, getting old. Anyway, um, let me tell you about Parks, Sportsbook app. This is a good time to go get it, download it, Open up an account, get a $500 risk-free bet because we're going to go to Tone's Takes in just a second. And Tone's Takes is going to give you areas to put your money to help grow your money. So, again, get the Park Sportsbook app. It's real simple to do. And download it on your phone or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and get that $500 risk-free bet. And Again, follow Parks on Twitter at Park Sportsbook on all the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all there. You'll get great content and you'll get great daily specials as well. So right now it's time for Man, I love that introduction piece. So dramatic. That's awesome. <laughs> I got to ask you a question before we get into some plays. Uh, all these COVID protocols, like the Flyers are dealing with it big time now. The list of players that are not available both through COVID and through injury is is a hockey team. Pretty good one, too. <laughs> is, yeah. is it easier to handicap or is it harder? Um, I, I mean, it's harder in the fact that some of this stuff is last minute. Yeah, you know, and you have to kind of be careful. Like Austin Matthews today uh, was supposed to not play, um, and then you know they ended up doing a test, and now he's going to play. So, um, you know, it, it, it's 
it, it, it's tough, man. Like it's, it, it's really tough now, especially if you're getting into the props. Um, it, it's yeah. I mean, you just like, if, if you know, like if you're an over better, like I am, to be honest, this is going to keep leading to some overs because there's so much discombobulation in the lineup. Yeah. You, know, you might not find continuity a little bit. So um, in, in that case, I think you're going to keep seeing goals being scored where in another case, I don't think it's all just coming out of the break that all these goal, goals are being scored. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with guys like in and out, in and out of the lineup. So yeah. A lack um, of structure. To keep a, right. Exactly. You just have to keep a close eye on it. And, you know, you know, watch, watch the reports and, you know, don't, you don't want to put plays in too early. Uh, you want to, uh, you know, make sure you read up and do really do your homework because, you know, you can, you can really uh, get burnt if you're, you know, if you're a little over anxious with some of this stuff. And so on. Yeah. The landscape of, uh, you know, could change so quickly of, you know, the landscape of competition in a game can change yeah. sometimes even just, you know, that's why in-game betting and play-by-play betting is great because yeah. for the most part, you know, that once they start, they're probably going to finish. I'm like, well, Morgan Frost didn't, he got pulled out right. of that one game, but yeah, right. it's, it's, it's a, a new dynamic added to an already very difficult thing to do to pick games. And, and you, your record last week, 22, 15 and one plus 9.47 units, five and one on sides and eight, four and one in totals, but you had a good week. Yeah, that was the best week of the year, um, honestly. So, you know, hopefully the week and, uh, you know, keep it going. So it's, it's good. It's been a nice little, nice little run. So, you know. Yeah, I know. I know that Tampa game. You were really big on that shot total on shots on goal. Yeah, and yeah, and I even yeah. yeah, and I even mentioned the live bet on that, and I ended up taking it uh, at nine and a half at plus like one fifteen. I think one yeah. of those. I forgot what the score was, but I got a nine and a half in like the, uh, the the third period, and you know I hit that one too. So that was that was a nice one. Uh, let's get into the plays for tonight, Thursday, the sixth of January. You like Minnesota? You like over? Uh, the three uh, pl- and uh, plus one thirty three on the alternate line. Yeah, I think there's some value in this bet. I mean, you could get two and a half at minus one thirty, but I always like to re- reduce juice, and you know, I'll take a shot that it ends in a push. In a push, I mean, it's not a loss, so I, I think I can see Minnesota getting four goals here. Um, they score on the road. Boston is not the same Boston as we're used to. Um, they, you know, they give up goals, give up two point eight goals at home. Um, Swayman is already confirmed. He has a .900 save percentage at home. Uh, Minnesota is calling up a couple prospects, or top two, uh, winger Matt Boldy and center Marco Rossi. Uh, I think it's going to provide them a little spark. You know, they've, they've lost a few games in a row here. Um, I think they're going to, you know, play with some jump, and I can definitely see them at least getting to three. So I'll take a shot if they get four and get that nice plus money buyback. Um, one of the things I like I like playing is first period, first to score. Uh, goal scorers a lot and I know that in this Florida game Florida Dallas uh, you like the first period here in Florida side yeah I'm gonna take a shot at first period minus a half plus 170 it's not a typical bet I would make um, Mm -hmm. aside from the break because Dallas has shut down good offensive teams at home they shut down Carolina they shut down Edmonton they shut down Colorado Um, but I think off the break uh, Dallas hasn't played since uh, since the 20th I believe Yep. Um, Florida plays with a fast pace. I think it's going to take that. And Dallas is one of those structured teams, especially on home, especially on home ice. You know, they, they have the matchups. They're a very structured home team. There's a lot different on the road. So you can you can tell that, that that's a big part of it. So I think Florida can come out and get an early lead here and, 
plus 170. I mean, given this spot, you know, I think it's a ton of value. So yeah, I, I was stunned the other night when I looked at the card. I think it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday when Edmonton was playing against the Rangers and Edmonton was a favorite at the garden. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that. I know. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that made no sense to me. Yeah. I think that's more of the Edmonton name on, on that. I mean, they are really struggling this year. I mean, I, I mean, Dave Tippett's in a boatload of trouble, I think. So if they don't oh, start yeah. get going, getting, you know, start to get going here, you know, they don't want to wait too long and, you know, have to make a move. So yeah, we'll he's about happens. five steps into a, a, step, a six-step <laughs> yep. blank right now. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> he threw his goalie. He threw Miko Koskinen right under the bus the other day, too. Yep, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a meltdown going on up there. It's a, it's a shame. I don't know if Connor's ever going to, uh, you know, you want to see him have success. He's a great player, but uh, I don't know. It gets to a point where, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to have it up there. So, yeah, well, is, he might shame. be making I mean, too much money. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be part of it. They can't put a team around him. So, yeah, I mean that's that's got to be part of the equation. Let's look at that Tampa team. So many of those guys are getting paid under market value, but they have a team because they can pay more guys. They also don't have income tax, so that helps. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's look at the Ranger game because the Rangers right now sitting at the top of the Metro. Uh, they're surprising a lot of people. I thought they'd be better tone. I didn't think they'd be this good. And they're consistent at this point as well. I think they're just a good hockey team. It's not, Hey, they're a team just playing good, maybe above their head. I think they are what they are and they are what their record says they are, but you like the Rangers tonight. Yeah, I do. Uh, they're 12, five and two on the road. Um, Jeez. They, they don't have Panarin, but I, I don't know uh, with this team. Gallant's a good coach. He's yeah. a very good coach. He's going back to Vegas for this game, which is another reason why I like him. Uh, Vegas just beat the Rangers in New York out of the break. Uh, they have their own injuries that they're dealing with. Pax Reddy's out, Stone's out, uh, Martinez is out. Uh, and when Vegas has had these injuries, they've they've struggled. Earlier in the year, they had a few guys out. They 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 struggled to get going. And I know they lost two home games in a row, but I mean, if, especially if Shosturkin goes, I mean, at plus one twenty six, uh, I really like this value in the Rangers. I mean, like, like you said, they are they are a good team. They they were they started out the season okay, but they're hitting their stride now. You know. So. Yeah, and this is a situation too where I think those Ranger players, new coach. Season's going well. They want to do everything for him. And the best thing they can do for their new coach, for Gerard Gallant, is go into his old place where he felt like he got wronged. I, I think he did get wronged Absolutely. and got let go there. And they're going to go in there and they're going to play for him hard. I, I think yeah. it's a great spot. Yeah, I just I remember that picture of him out there in a taxi cab waiting to leave the, <laughs> leave the arena. That's, well, that was in Florida. Yeah, that's when he got that let go. That was in Florida. For, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, had to, they called him the car service. It was like, geez, you didn't have a cab ready for the guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> right after the game, they zipped them. Um, all right, great stuff. So we got we got three or we, we got to have yeah three plays. You got the over in the Minnesota game and that alternate line. You got the Florida Panther first period, and then you got the Rangers as well. So good card tonight, and uh, best of luck. Where can uh, people get all your info at Tone? Uh, at Tone's takes on Twitter, or post uh, post plays daily. Uh, get into the uh, prop, you know, into the props as well. So great stuff, Tone. Thanks for doing this as always. All right. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. All right. There it is. Tones takes and Tones been uh, been doing really well. So make sure you grab that Park Sportsbook app, open it up, put some of that action in on Tones suggestions and follow him at Tones takes on Twitter because you can get the uh, plays that he puts out there as well. All right. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Another brand new episode. A couple more 
Flyers games will be in the books, and we'll talk to you on a brand new episode of Stick to Hockey Live coming up Monday. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a great weekend. Someone learn, many do, cover up or spread here.